0: Hi there, and welcome to the oompaul.com podcast. I'm Oli, and for this episode, it is my pleasure to bring to you a chat with Steve Monjour of Monjour International. Steve imports and sells some fantastic pipes, and I've been fortunate enough to have been privy to those great trunk shows. Check out monjourinternational.com. That's M-O-N-J-U-R-E international.com to see Steve's latest updates, news, and events calendar, as well as a full list of pipes, tobaccos, and accessories. The following podcast is made possible by Pipes and Tobacco Magazine. If you don't have a subscription to P&T, don't wait. Hit pause and do yourself a favor and sign up today. Go to pt-magazine.com where you can subscribe to the magazine and check out tons of other cool stuff. The following podcast was recorded on May twentieth, two 2010. Sit back, Grab a pipe and stay a while. I hope you enjoy. Okay, today I'm hanging out with Steve Monjour of Monjour International. Uh, Steve, it's a real pleasure to sit down and chat with you today. Thank
1: you. It's good to be here.
0: Uh, we're hanging out at Joyce White's house, and uh, we're taking a look at the uh, the wonderful uh, pipes that Steve brought. Uh, Steve, real quick, tell me a little bit about what you brought. Well,
1: let's see. Today I have a nice selection of some uh, newer uh, Ardor models that came in, uh, some new shapes, uh, some Danish shapes, some Damiano uh, was inspired by looking on the web, and some pipes he's seen and, and uh, added his own twist and interpretation. We have some new acrylic colors on door, the gray and uh, the sea water and, and uh, some others. Uh, he's doing a lot of the fantasy series pipes, and in addition, uh, we brought some nice Ronaldo pipes. Uh, in various grades, finishes, and uh, lastly some uh, new models of Brevia that they're making now, um, more designer type pipes in a reasonable price level, and some of the jumbo brebias, which have done really well, not as big as the Ardor giants, but oversized pipes.
0: Now that's seawater, that's the blue one, right That's the blue one yes. Oh, that's, that is a really is that acrylic? what is that?: It's acrylic. That is really nice that's a It's a great color. It's this beautiful kind of uh, ocean blue that they're uh, mm-hmm. adding in there, and it's it's really fantastic. Well, thank you. All right. well, tell me about Monjour International and the services that it offers the pipe world.
1: Well, I basically started out uh, only selling uh, to retailers. Uh, I import uh, Ardor Brebia, Ronaldo, Kai Nielsen, Jao Rice. Zven uh, uh, Hangar and Karsten Tart Pipes. Uh, in addition to that, I import to distribute uh, tobaccos from Solani, Reiner, Brebia, um, uh, Robert Lewis, and J.J. Fox, along with uh, lines of accessories that range from tampers to leather goods that I import direct from India uh, with my own name on them. Uh, I, all, I sell to individuals at shows and to retail tobacconists uh, throughout the
0: U.S. Okay, that was my next question. How can mm-hmm. how can the pipe smoking community access the pipes that you're bringing to market? And so that would just be through um, the various places that you sell to as well as these trunk shows that you take around, right?
1: Exactly. And also on the Internet, uh, if uh, a customer would see a pipe... That we have displayed, uh, most all the pipes are for um, for people to look at as far as finish and model and uh, that type of thing, shape, uh, so they could contact me direct and we'll see about uh, getting the pipe for them, having it ordered, which we do a lot of custom, probably 20-25% of our door and Ronaldo's production uh, are custom orders, special orders.
0: Yeah, I remember my first trunk show. I think it was at Joyce's um, back when she had the shop. The Atlantic mm-hmm. Pipe Club was meeting there. You had all these Ardors laid out, and it was mm-hmm. really new to me, and and it was just amazing. There's something really special about being at one of these events where you can see all these wonderful pieces firsthand, and mm-hmm. it's it's just really great. One of my favorite pipes is a uh, Ardor billiard you sold me, uh, you know, way back mm-hmm. when. Stout billiard, you know, yeah, those, yeah.
1: The- they're, they're, they love to make the Italians like to take a classical shape and change it their way yeah
0: it was uh, I love that pipe. It's one of my favorite ones good and uh yeah, it's been with me for years and uh-huh. and I'm sure it always will be It's a fantastic pipe um when and how did Monger International begin?
1: Well, it began uh in nineteen ninety seven and just to backtrack a little bit, I was traveling around the country selling various working for various companies in sales, selling everything from pantyhose to advertising signs. And I was a pipe smoker, loved pipes, been smoking since I was 16, and uh, was buying pipes and stumbled across uh, my first Ardor pipe, which was actually my first uh, really handmade pipe, and fell in love with Ardor. Um, uh found another one about, uh, that was in South Carolina I was in Virginia about three months later and saw another one and bought that one and found out that, um, Ardor was in Italy, of course, and, uh, got the address from the little pamphlet in the, in the box and wrote them and, and wanted to buy direct. Um, the company that had, uh, Ardor in the beginning, they were, um, Mastercraft in Sparta North Carolina they were distributing Ardour and also making uh Dr Grayboat pipes. So they weren't really that interested in building the business per se. So Ardour began selling me a few pipes and that was in 95 and 96. Well in 97 uh there was a Charlotte Pipe show coming up and I thought if I ever thought about getting in this business in a in a good way, maybe it's time to test the water. So I wrote Ardour faxed them And asked them what my price would be for 100 pipes. And they faxed me back. We had enough time to go into production. They made the pipes. And that basically started uh, the passion and and interest in the pipe world. It was my first pipe show as a vendor. Um, And I uh, met a bunch of great people at that show. And they encouraged me. And the next year in 98, I uh, went from a part-time... doing shows to full-time selling uh, um, Ardor and Brebbia pipes.
0: Tell me about your logo and how you decided on it and uh, about the black cat whose likeness is on it. The black cat,
1: yes. The logo, well, we were trying to, my wife and I were trying to think of a uh, logo design and we thought of pipes, we thought of smoke rings, we thought of different things that we could add a logo and uh, my brother had, had sent me from New Orleans a king cake, and it was on the table, uh, our kitchen table. And in the, the m- typical Mardi Gras design, is a uh, court jester with the uh, purple, green, and gold colors. And um, when my cat saw the box, naturally, they want to get in every box you put out, he jumped on the little man jumped on top the king cake box. And little, little Man's the name of your cat. Is the name of my, my cat, <laughs> yes. And the thought right then and there, him standing on the box, the king cake box, from New Orleans with the court jester, and I thought, you know, everybody uses that. I need another image. And five minutes later, he's on top of the box, and I thought, a cat. My only reservation was if people didn't like cats, if that would be a problem. Maybe there'd be some negative... And I've always been superstitious, and a black cat as a logo scared me at first. But then I got over it, and he became the
0: logo. And it's been it's been doing pretty it's, good, right? <laughs> it's been doing
1: good. Yes, I picked up Brebia because of Little Man. Um, quick story: When I, after I I started importing uh, Ardor after the Charlotte show, um, I wrote several companies in Europe, and one of them responded. Only one, and it was Brebia. he had called me before the uh, the RTD. RTDA show in um, Orlando that year and said are you going to be there and I said yes I'll be at the show he Said, I'd like to meet with you so uh, I met with Luciano Buzzi and his girlfriend in Orlando uh, we sat down he had a case with him with about 150 pipes in it, price lists, catalogs, we talked for a good hour and a half and he handed me the case and said I'm satisfied we'll see. He goes, he liked our door. He knew them. They were very close in the same zone in Italy. And, um, he said, I'm satisfied. We'll see where it goes from here. Hopefully you'll have good success. I said, wait a minute. He was walking off. I said, why'd you pick me? I said, I have one line of pipes, no tobacco, no accessories, nothing else. You don't know me from Adam. And he laughed and he pointed to my business card on the coffee table at the hotel. And his girlfriend laughed and I said, I don't understand. I'm totally lost. He said, to Kate. I said, to Kate? He's, and she, and broken broken English, said, I love cats. So ended up being, she told him that he must interview me first because <laughs> she saw my business card when I sent it with a letter of introduction with the cat on it, with little man. So That's I great. tell people That's I... I actually was, uh, became a distributor uh, since 97 for Brebbia Pipes because of the black cat.
0: That's great. So sometimes black cats are pretty good They're luck, right? Pretty good <laughs> luck, yes. That's a great story. So, how did you first become interested in pipes just by themselves? Did you have a grandfather or a yes. father that smoked them, or what? Well,
1: my father smoked cigars, and my grandfather smoked a pipe and cigars but I used to sit in his uh in his office. He had a he had he was an accountant and had his own uh, accounting firm and he had also had an office at home uh that he would uh sit in and smoke his pipe. Well, I used to go sit in there when he wasn't there and play play with the briar his smell his tobacco, which were half and half and mostly Granger and became uh, fascinated with he didn't have anything excessive as far as pipes go. Mostly uh, Kay Woody's, Dr. Graybo's, that type of thing. But um, I would play uh, like Mr. Businessman with the pipe in my mouth uh, sitting in his chair. So as time went on, became a teenager, my friend smoked um, cigarettes. I thought maybe the pipe would be the way to go. I tried cigars, went to a party, bought half a Tampa jewels, tried that for a while, and it wasn't me. And then that's when I picked up my first pipe. It was a Dr. Grabo from a drugstore. I don't know where the pipe is, but my second pipe was a Hilson I bought from, uh, it was actually from Sears. Sears at the time, back in 1970, had um, a smoke shop. And they also sold tin tobaccos, Dunhill, uh, McBarrons, and lots of pipes and accessories and cigars. And I bought a Hilson pipe, and I was hooked. I became uh, uh, really just nuts over pipes and, and didn't buy anything really expensive Stanwells, Brebbia, Savinelli, GBD was big at the time, Lorenzo, and then went from there to the pipe shops. And as I traveled around, that was at age 16, as I became an adult with, uh, employed by companies, I would whenever I traveled to a city, I'd always go to every shop there was, just looking at pipes. But it started out early for me. My parents objected at first, but uh, my father looked at my mother and said, would you rather have him smoke cigarettes? And she said no, so it became a- accepted by them.
0: And that was you were 16 when you first started smoking? I pipes. was 16, yes. Okay. No wow. That's it's neat that it. Sears used to carry pipes.
1: Sears carried, they had a smoke shop right in the middle of the first floor. It was sectioned off, and they had uh, quite an assortment. Wow. Alpha, they had uh, some, a um, few Dunhills in the case, um, most, and some Meerschaum pipes. They had uh, lots of tin tobaccos and packaged tobaccos. At one time, I think they had their own blends, but very, very few of those.
0: That's neat. It's, everything sure has changed since then. I know oh. uh, even Walt Disney used to have uh, a pipe shop. They did. Uh, and right there at Disney World, where, you know, the people were actually right there making the pipes on site. Yes. And uh, even sold their own brand of tobacco there. That's correct. So that's, times yep, have changed a lot. Hopefully they'll, they'll get back to those days, but I don't see it coming anytime soon. No, I don't think that's <laughs>
1: going to happen. I think Busch Gardens still has their shop. I know they sold the amusement, uh, Anheuser-Busch sold the amusement park. They may still have the shop there. But that was always a welcome thing. Yeah. To be able to go in and maybe buy some tobacco or whatever.
0: What are uh, some of the nuances that you see as someone who sells a lot of pipes that others in the community might not be privy to? For example, do you sell more straight or bent pipes, or do you see uh, any kind of interesting sales shifts from certain kinds of pipes from one year to the next or one season to the next or anything like that? It's, uh, it's constantly changing. Um,
1: it's amazing, but when I first started uh, with Ardor, for instance, um, the larger, they always made a medium to large size pipe. The extra-large now what's called giant, only accounted for about 2% of my total volume, and now it's over 20%, it's okay. about 22%. Um, there's a small group of people in America and abroad that collect large pipes in a big way Um, and those people from my experience like John Morrison has 300 over 350 pipes uh, all Giants and he has other other pipes too but in the giant size but most of the people that I sell to and have met usually have between 25 and 35 oversized and extremely large pipes but in the last couple of years I've seen I've seen also a trend uh, to some of the smaller pipes Pencil shanks like Ronaldo is doing and also door, The little chubby pipes. Um, I think as people get older, like myself, I'm 55. I'm smoking medium to smaller pipes because it's easier on my teeth. Uh, I'm smoking mostly flake tobacco, so it lends itself sometimes to a smaller pipe. It's more enjoyable for me. But as far as um, shapes go, I've seen a little bit of everything. I think with the newer smokers... They're smoking mostly medium pipes, but all in all, from the trade dealing with retailers, about 70% are bents, so, or you know, anywhere from a quarter, an eighth of a bent on to a full bent. Uh, it's about 70% are bents But I have seen, um, especially with the pencil shanks, they want all straights. Straight little billiards like Dunhill used to make have become quite popular, and the little chubbies now. This past year. I know we're doing some, we DJs doing some. I've seen some other makers uh, make the short, uh, regular size bowl, but short shank.
0: Now, some of the uh, fantasy pipes have some really wild colors to the yes. stems. How? When can you, can you put a finger on, you know, when that started to get really popular as far as the wild colors and stuff? The wild, yes. The wild colors actually
1: began, it's a funny story, back in 99, uh, um... What happened, what happened was we had a customer in, um, in Memphis that wanted, um, our door was just putting basically the blue acrylic on the shank of the pipe only. And he, one of the cus one of the managers at, at a shop in Memphis, uh, the, to, the tobacco corner wanted a blue mouthpiece. Uh, emailed Damiano. He said, fine. His father came back to him and said, I don't, do not want to make a blue mouthpiece he was making amber colored stems, which is their tortoise shell and black only, and doing some faux uh, Cumberland. So um, Damiano uh, decided to make the pipe for the man, made the pipe, he loved the pipe, and that, that started really what became known as the Fantasy Pipe. And that year at the um, at the uh, retail tobacco show, that was a year that Keith Moore was leaving uptowns and... Um, Damiano had made a full-bent, the first actual fantasy pipe with blue acrylic on the mouthpiece and blue acrylic shank, uh, and Keith had seen that pipe and wanted one. And I, before that, before Damiano walked up smoking his pipe, um, I told Keith to pick out a pipe from the table, and I must have had five, $600 doors, and he saw Damiano's pipe and he said, I want this pipe. Damiano told him, "You can't have this pipe. It's my pipe, but I will make you one." And that started the series, uh, the Keith Moore series, which is a full bet with the fan- in the fantasy series. So that really started uh, the interest in the colors. Uh, when Dorelio saw the that that people wanted um, the blue, the green, uh, the yellow, he was a lot more open and accepting to uh, the fact that times are changing. And then since then we've evolved to gray, the new uh, seawater, pink, pink coral. Believe it or not, people made fun of it, but uh, we do sell quite a few of the pieces with the pink coral. Uh, So we're constantly changing, and there are new colors on the horizon that they're
0: looking at. Very cool, That's, that's a great story, very interesting. What major changes have you seen in design and craftsmanship over the years as far as uh, pipes in general? It doesn't necessarily have to be Mm -hmm. uh, about the ones that you carry, but...
1: I see see the greatest uh, availability of fine shapes, good briar um, companies, for the most part, uh, with industrial companies, those that produce all uh, machine-made pipes, you're limited on the... uh, the equipment as it as the phrasing equipment cuts and uh, you're limited to bowl size and shape. Uh, and then most of these companies have people that also hand make pi- handmade pipes so you have a little bit of flexibility. but with the carvers, the artisans, the pipe studios with two, three, four, five people, I'm seeing some of the best work ever. I think people are pushing the envelope to design what customers want, and also their look um, and their design. So when someone sees a pipe from across the room, they can say, oh, that's a whatever. That pipe was made by uh, Kai Nielsen, or that pipe was made by um, uh, Yes Conowitz, or that pipe was made by somebody else. So uh, I'm seeing uh, what's happened uh, since tobaccos have become quite um, popular. Stores have added... Uh, stock uh, the pipe makers have uh, decided to uh, make the best work and i 'm seeing uh, uh, some good things some good things becoming available, and um, I think they 're taking their time they're making better pipes they 're aging the wood and it 's all due to cigars because without the cigar boom in the in the mid around mid nineties uh, none of this would have been possible at least for me distributing pipes. It gave retailers the opportunity to um, uh, develop some
0: cash flow to uh, expand their pipe department. Interesting. I would have never thought about the uh, cigar boom yeah. uh, you know, being the gateway to actually bringing pipes over and making them more available. Absolutely. It's the only
1: reason why I'm here, because when I first started bringing a few our doors in, I would go to shops that I shopped at throughout the country, whether it be Cleveland or... Uh, or you know, Cincinnati or Detroit. Uh, I'd walk in and say, "I'm bringing these pipes in," and they were receptive. And I said, "I would tell the, the the retailer, I'm thinking about going to business," and they thought I was crazy. They said, "Not with one one brand." And then uh, all of a sudden, the the cigars hit. Shops were doing really well. They were expanding uh, their pipe departments, their humidor's, upgrading their stores, maybe adding a store or two. Uh, and that's really, they were looking around uh, for places to spend their money and it just so happens that I had acquired some tin tobaccos when that, when that hit, and of course
0: the pipes. So yeah, it's, it's the only reason why I'm here is because of cigars. Wow. That's wild. You've helped design at least one pipe that I know of. Tell me about that pipe and about that experience.
1: Oh, the the pipe for Brebbia. Yeah. Yes, the uh, car pipe. Well, every year, a, uh, a Luciano Buzzi, uh had uh, somebody design a pipe, some pipe makers, some were people that worked for Brebbia as uh, the, the, the factory manager. His father was one of the designers. It started out with uh, Rainer Barbie and Alberto Parinelli, and went on from there. Um, They approached me and said um, design a pipe that's unique that we haven't seen before and I thought I've been thinking in the back of my mind maybe something that would uh, be easy to go in the car with a little display or a rack where someone can drive with a pipe because it was always a problem all the cup holders everything made for pipes for cars never quite worked. So, we developed a pipe with a magnet on the bottom that would sit in the rest and a finger tamper because I really a year before people were asking about thimbles and i i, I saw a man smoking a pipe and he had a thimble, and he was tamping his tobacco and that's what started the the idea for the finger tamper and People were telling me they they made those years ago um, I think in the u k but i I had not seen one so uh, Luciano Butzi at Brevia found someone in Europe to make the tamper out of acrylic with a little uh, metal base on it and hence the Montjor Car pipe was uh, developed.
0: Awesome. And can you still get those?
1: Yes, they're still they're still available limited, uh but they are still available. Very cool. Yes, thank you. I didn't know what else what other shape to come up with. I mean, everything else had been done. I felt honored because I'm not a pipe maker. I'm just a distributor, but when he asked me, I thought, well, okay, I was taken back, and I, I was really lost for a design, something totally unique. So I kicked it around and said, you know, this is something that I really think there's a need for. And we we did quite well with it, not for everybody, because you don't smoke the same pipe. It's a good pipe to have in a car. It won't spill. So uh the people that have them seem to like them.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a great idea Uh, to, you know... A form that follows a specific function that that you know serves you very well, yeah, I was
1: worried about the magnet on the bottom, and apparently not apparently, but there's enough briar under there the way they inlaid it uh Luciano Buzzi is also an engineer, so that helps he's very he and his father are very quite good with design work. in fact, a lot of people don't know this, but Brevia designed most of the early Savinelli shapes. No kidding. Of Pipes, they made pipes for Savinelli for 6 years before Savinelli opened up their factory. Wow. Yeah, they quite instrumental in pipe design back in the in the 40s.
0: Wow. What kind of special requests can you handle uh through your connections and what are some of the stranger ones that uh you've seen come across your desk for uh for pipes? Yeah. Um, or or tampers. I mean if uh if you get special requests for those.
1: We do. We get we get special requests. We we had a request for a Shriner carved tamper. Our dorm... Dorelio Rovera at Ardor makes uh carved tampers, uh, animal heads, mostly dogs, different types of animals, uh fox, uh, Chihuahuas, he does a little bit of everything, lions heads. And we, we had a request for a Shriner. Yeah. And um <laughs> It's a funny a funny story because uh, he made the Shriner and it had the the fez hat and the tassel and the man was quite pleased with it. and I sent it to him and he, he wrote me an email I sent it to Damiano. Well, Damiano took that to mean that other men in America, and sure, there may be some, but they made three or four more tampers in the Shriner design. So I thought that was funny. I ended up uh, selling the, the tampers but uh he, it was a special order and i told him in special orders sometimes it's for one person and not you know, i had to find people that were Shriners that were pipe smokers also yeah but uh, as far as pipes go i guess um the, the not not really a totally strange request but the long shanks the very long shanks uh jack eisenhower when he was alive he was collecting uh, pipes that were in the 11 and a half to 12 and a half inches in length wow. and he wanted a pipe with a 9 to 10 inch 9 to 9 and a half, 10 inch shank That was his ideal pipe and a small mouthpiece maybe an inch and a half to two inches So ultimately he would have preferred a 13 14 inch pipe, but it's almost impossible to drill uh, Ronaldo made several our door could never get that long but uh, Ronaldo was not, uh, the boys at Ronaldo, Elio and Guido, were not happy. They were happy and flattered to make the pipes, but it took so much time. They actually sent me a, sh- a, a piece of wood that they drilled through the top of the shank oh, no. to let me know, A, why they, why they were so expensive, and B, um, how long it took to make. They could make three or four pipes for the time it took to make these, and they had no boxes. There were no box pipe boxes available in Italy that long, so they would wrap them in bubble wrap and send them to me. Wow, it was quite interesting. And then we get we get requests for carved faces. Uh, Dorelio at our door. His father uh, Angelo was quite famous in Europe. All the Italian dignitaries would meet with him and have their grandchildren, their faces, their wives' faces carved into pipes. And he was the man, the go-to man for
0: that. Wow, that's gotta be some stress. Carving a dignitary's wife's face. Yes.
1: <laughs> Quite unusual. And but he was the master at that. Um, he he learned the craft and he was the best in Italy. They had other people that were carving in France that were very, very good. But in Italy he was he was the person to go to. And Dorelio admired him so much, he learned, hence he he can he can carve anybody's face in a pipe. And also, uh, he does the tampers, which are very tedious work, being such a small piece of wood to have to carve. Um, But other than that, really nothing totally bizarre uh, that we've got. We get a lot of special orders. Some difficult shapes to make sure, but nothing uh, over the top.
0: What has your side of the industry been like through all the economic turmoil of last year, and is it looking better?
1: Um, Actually, I've been seeing an improvement. I think um, the main thing, uh, when we saw it turn, uh, I guess about a year and a half ago, um, I told the pipe companies and the the tobacco companies to keep the quality high, keep the price the same. Uh, It's not a good time to raise any prices. and and try to design and do the best work possible. If you do that, keep it fresh, new design work, uh, improve your acrylic as far as the mouthpieces go, um, we we will endure and it's worked out so far. I've seen uh, those people, especially at retail that were aggressive, um, doing very well. Those companies that weren't so aggressive with their own website and web presence uh, are hurting. Uh, there are pockets of the country because of loyalty have done very, very well with just a brick and mortar without a major uh, web presence. but uh, the growth in this industry is from people that either have both or have a very, very strong web presence and website. and a and bent on customer service, and that's Hallmark. If a retailer has a problem, an individual has a problem with a pipe,
0: we make it right no matter what. No matter how old the pipe is. Wow. And um uh, do you feel like there's starting to be here we are uh you know close to the midway point of mm-hmm. two thousand ten. Right. Um you feel like there's an uptick just starting to happen? Um y- yes and
1: no. I see I see some uh some pockets of the country uh, doing well, I think overall though it will be a good year for um, for the tobacconists people in the industry. Tobacco is through the roof because of the uh, the taxes many states have levied uh, Pipe smokers are afraid that tobacco will be priced uh, in another zone so tobacco sales for most people that are importing or tinning tobacco are double digit uh, they're up double digits. Uh, I see pipes, if you're unique in doing uh, good things with, with Briar, I see an upswing there. Um, I think it's just a matter of the new people. I think the growth from what I've seen in the last six months has been the younger smokers are coming out. The Raleigh Show, I did some pipe events in Maryland last week, and we saw many people, uh, many young men between 22 and 30 smoking pipes for relatively the first time, and they're becoming very interested in the hobby and the industry. They're buying fairly nice pipes and good tobaccos, and I I think that's 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 where the growth is going to be, and the collectors. You know, there are still collectors that are buying pipes in a good
0: way. That's great. That's good to know there's a a new group out there that's just kind of starting to uh, come up. That's great. Yeah, they're they're very anxious and, and interested in learning as much as they can.
1: It's, it's good for the industry.
0: Tell me a few uh, favorite stories, if you don't mind sharing some memorable uh, interactions with some folks in the pipe world, whether that's uh, carvers, dealers, buyers, or anybody. If there's something that sticks out, is there anything you can think of that uh, fits the bill there? I had, I had once st- uh, yeah, I had one story where uh,
1: a guy that purchased a pipe for me at a New York show, Ronaldo, wanted to return it because he said it broke in too fast. I know that's kind of a weird thing, and most people don't <laughs> believe it. although people there know the story. The New York Pipe Club people know the story because they were there, and he came up and wanted to exchange it for another pipe. Because it broke in too fast.: He wanted a challenge, and it, the funny thing is, I exchanged the pipe, sold it that was in March, went to the Raleigh show in April, sold it to a good friend, and he, stole, I, he walks around with the pipe. I see it all the time. <laughs> it's hilarious. But I did it for, people say, "Why did you do that?" I said "I did it for a reason, It's because there were five or six people. By the time he was finished, there were probably 20 people. At the table, listening to the story because they all wanted to hear it.
0: Yeah. Because, like me, I wasn't quite sure I was hearing. I thought it was a joke. All right. This next story is. Uh, <laughs> it's a pretty good one. Me and Steve just took a break and we were talking about stories, and uh, this is one that that we've decided has to go uh, has to go on the air. So uh, sit back and take a listen. This is, this is good. Go ahead, Steve. Yes,
1: a friend a friend of mine had sent me. Uh, Photographs of several shapes that he wanted uh, both our and, and Ronaldo to make and one of them was a bent bulldog well um, It's a beautiful shape uh, kind of a squad bulldog full bent and um, when the pipe arrived He uh, he got the pipe open up the box the first words out of his mouth were this is fucking amazing well I said, well, great, Dave, I'm glad you like the pipe. He goes, no, I mean, you should have that stamped on the briar, on the on this bottom of the shank. I said, Dave, we can't stamp that on the pipe. I think some people would be offended. <laughs> and then he thought for a minute, knowing Dave, he, he always has a retort. He said, well, what about just F.A.? I said, well, I think that would work. So some time went by, and I knew they were in production making pipes. Somehow he knew it. So he called me and said, are they stamping the pipes F.A.? I said, I haven't asked them to yet, but I will. So I sent them an email or back then a fax. They started stamping the pipes F.A. They, did, they just assumed it was somebody's initials. But um, time went on. A year and a half later, they, they continued to stamp all the pipes. Must have been about 30 of them total in various finishes, F.A., F.A. And when I got to Italy, we were looking at pipes, they had some in production. They were getting ready to stamp one or two, and they asked me about the FA, what it meant. So through a translator, we <laughs> we told them the story, what that meant, and they they really got a huge uh, chuckle out of that, and uh, thought it was great. Thought it was great, but they didn't know all that time for eighteen months what uh, FA was all about. And so this
0: is uh, <laughs> this is still getting <laughs> stamped on these pipes, yes. guys. So. Yeah. So uh, if you don't have this pipe, um, now you know uh, the the story behind the story. Go out and get one, and uh, and this is just the bent bulldog just shape. Is bent, that right? Yes, yeah, that particular shape. That's the only one that's scattered on there. Yes, it's
1: uh, a, it's actually a similar to a connoisseur shape that we copied, <laughs> which we like to do. We've copied a few saxophones and, but oh, uh, wow. yeah, they're still being stamped. So. If you see one, in fact, I get calls and emails from people uh, periodically, well, a couple of times a year. They want to know nomenclature and they always ask, what does this FA mean? What does this FA and what Do you
0: tell them the story? I tell them the story. <laughs> I got to do the whole thing because it doesn't make sense. <laughs> so there you have it, guys uh, and gals. Go out and find one of these uh, bent bulldogs with FA on it, and and uh, you, you know the story behind the story now. Yes. That's fantastic. And I
1: had, I had one other pipe story, if you Yeah, mind. yeah, please. Um, when our door, when we started making larger pipes, uh, our door at one time had, in the bent shape, it's just a full bent pipe. Um, the Garino, they call it, is the model, but it, it was in shape 50 to 55. Well, John Eels, the pipe maker, approached this at one of the shows and said, I love this shape 55, but I want a 56. The next shape up and I told him, I said, John, I said, they don't make a fifty-six. He said, Well, you're the distributor, you're tight with them. Have them make me one. So I thought, okay. So I asked Damiano to make the next size and he did. And John was smoking his pipe. Somebody saw it, it was six months later or so, and they came to me and they said, I like John's pipe, but I want the next size. okay, i see where this is going. So they made the next size. And Damiano asked me how the man liked it. I said, Damiano, you won't believe this, but people are calling me wanting to know about these oversized pipes. He said, well, maybe we need to make some. I said, we need to make some. So um, they started making giants. And, um... It be it's grown to be a pretty good uh, segment of our business, and uh, Damiano was trying to think of a name for the Giants, uh, whether it be Magnums, Megas Giants, uh, Gigante, or whatever. And he was walking past a newsstand, and he saw um he saw the uh, the cover of a sports magazine. And at that time, Michael Jordan and a few of the American uh, basketball players were arriving in Italy and had said the Giants are here. And when he saw that, he realized it was time uh, to, uh, to call the pipes the Giants. And hence, they became the oversized pipes. But when they started making the original Giants, a man, a good friend of Dorelio Rovers, was in the workshop with Damiano and his father... And they were looking, uh, they were cutting blocks of wood and making the giants. And the man looked at Dorelio and he said, Is this for a display or a sign? This pipe. And it was one of the giants. And he said, No, a man in America will smoke this pipe. Well, the man got the biggest chuckle and started laughing. He said, Actually put tobacco and smoke that pipe? And Dorelio said, Yes. And since then, believe it or not, the oversized pipes have gained quite good acceptance in Italy and in Germany.
0: Wow, Okay. No
1: because of that. Yeah, n- not, not the same uh, extent as America, but uh, because tobacco is very expensive in Europe. But there's a following uh, for the large pipes I've seen in Germany, uh, the U.K. especially.
0: Australia has become uh, fairly large for uh, the big pieces. Wow. That's really interesting. And it, and it all kind of started with... Uh, this little incremental yeah. uh, step up, step, step up. up.
1: and Exactly, that's how it all started. We wouldn't have it. I mean, Ardor always made decent-sized bowls, and for some, oversized, they never really upcharge for that. And luckily, they found a, a good briar source for the large blocks because that's become the hardest thing in the last five years. And They have a man in a certain region of Italy that gives them first uh, pick of the large blocks when he cuts them. So... They have wood sitting for uh, several more years, many more years of Giants. Uh, What is the pipe you smoke most often and why? Well, I have several. I don't have just one particular pipe. When I travel, I have a a bag with uh, about five Ardors, two Brebbia, and uh, four Ronaldo pipes. And I usually dedicate those pipes to certain tobaccos, all flakes, whether it be the Burley Flake or the uh, Solani uh, Virginia Flake, and some uh, to the, the Rhino Long Golden. Um, they're all different. Uh, I find the sweetness of a Rinaldo cannot be beat. When I f- smoked my first Ronaldo pipe, it was by far the finest pipe I'd ever smoked at the time. And I have really a file... Two inches thick of testimonials from people that said basically the same thing, um, but there are many good pipes out there being made. The Ardoors are great pipes. I have several that are my favorites, or in the in the listing of favorites. But uh, something about the Ronaldo pipe is uh, unique to anything I think being made out there.
0: The one that you're smoking right now, you've had that for quite a while, right? I th- I think every time that I've I've seen you in the past, probably. A four, five years, that's the one that you have with you, I think? Yeah. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure. Cause. Yes.
1: It's the same pipe. It's one of the ones that I travel with. It's just a little fantasy pipe. It's got little dimples. It's got a lot of bird's eye on the bottom of it. I mean, it's quite an incredible little pipe. It's a great flake pipe. And, uh, in fact, when I was in Maryland, uh, a man had ordered one and it has not come in. He wants the same pipe with a blue acrylic on the shank and a blue uh, acrylic mouthpiece Um, and I've had a man in Louisiana that wanted to buy this pipe and he wouldn't take no for an answer. He finally walked away, but, uh, he, uh, said, I'll give you whatever you want for it. But yeah, it's just because I guess, I don't know. Uh, but it's all beat up. The ribs, uh, charred, but it's, uh, it's a workhorse. It's not a real thick, bold pipe, but it smokes really dry and, uh, cool.
0: And this is a uh, little Ardor, um, mm-hmm. like a uh, quarter bent apple maybe. Right. And uh, uh, with a white acrylic and the uh, the shank and stem and a right. blue dot on top. Really pretty little piece. Well, thank you. Uh, you work with a large range of pipes from, from under $100 to thousands mm-hmm. of dollars. What wisdom can you give folks out there who are just starting... Uh, to, to start smoking pipes and, and starting to look around for uh, um, pipes to get into. The main thing, and I've met a
1: lot of young guys smoking
0: pipes over
1: the last, I'd say, year at pipe events, pipe shows. Um, they're in their 20s. They're picking up a pipe for the first time. Some have had the good fortune of having someone sit down and show them what either to buy or or give them some guidance uh but the main the main thing is don't get discouraged um pipes go out. I think sometimes people obsess over um all the little things you need with a pipe. At least a lot of cigar smokers have told me uh, it's too much to deal with. well, once you get over the lighting of the pipe and enjoying finding a good tobacco um it's an easy it's an easy hobby and a very enjoyable hobby um when I first started i didn't smoke. I didn't have the money to buy expensive pipes, so I smoked whatever I could afford. And that's that's the other thing. Buy the best pipe you can, um, and you will find that there is a difference between um, uh, some pipe companies, uh, the briar, how it's aged, how the pipe is made, the engineering. But uh, find a tobacco and a pipe that you like. Experiment some and just follow what you like. Listen to some, uh, don't believe everything you read, and uh, just enjoy it. Take your time, enjoy the hobby, and learn what you can.
0: You touched on what are uh, some of your um, tobaccos that you smoke just a little yes. bit ago, but could you tell me what some of your favorite ones are again?
1: Yes, my right now uh, I'm smoking um, a lot of the Solani H. <laughs> Burley Flake which I was not a burly smoker. Uh, Rudiger took a year to develop this tobacco. And it was a request of a rep that I used to work with in uh, Boston. He was after uh, a burly flake for two years. He would hound, he would hound me, hound Rudiger Will, who does the blending for the Solani Ryan tobaccos in Germany. And finally Will said, I will try, I will try. So he developed a blend with three types of Burley was ready to give up on the blend and developed a special process which really made the tobacco but I smoked that, I smoked the Solani um, uh, Virginia Flake, the 633 the Rhino Long Golden Flake I smoked some of the Fox uh, Provost and the Robert Lewis Tree, some of the English tobaccos but mainly these days I'm smoking flakes and I will experiment, I buy flakes there's many good flake tobaccos being made out there And I'll experiment like most guys when they're in the shop or
0: online. I'll buy a tin to to try just to see. Mm -hmm. Steve, uh, that's all we got right now. Thanks so much for uh, taking time out of your busy day to chat for a while. I know we've been talking about doing this for years, Years. and I'm I'm glad we finally got around to doing it. It's been at least 20, 25 years. (laughs) It seems like it doesn't. Maybe not that long. (laughs) I didn't have to give blood, it was easy. Yeah. I enjoyed it good so did I it's it's always great to hear that you're coming into town thank you so uh, much and uh, it's always nice to see what a great selection you bring with you well thank you thanks a lot Steve appreciate it thank you and that was my chat with Steve Monjour of Monjour International Steve is one heck of a great guy who has for years now been hard at work bringing fine pipes to the US market with exemplary customer service and a wide array of pipes for any budget, I highly suggest you take part in a Monjour International trunk show or find Steve at your next pipe show or even communicate with him through his website to find the perfect pipe you're looking for. Check out International.com today and let him know Oli with oompal.com sent you. Remember, this podcast was made possible by Pipes and Tobacco Magazine. So check them out today at pt-magazine.com and for goodness sake, subscribe. What a fantastic magazine that is. If you like what you're hearing, check out oompal.com and click on the donate button. Any amount is greatly appreciated, but when you donate at the $100 level, you get to choose your own monstrosity pipe. Each monstrosity comes with a lifetime ashes-to-ashes guarantee. Adopt your favorite today. Thanks for listening. I'm Oli with OomPAul.com, wishing you very good luck trying to figure out which pipe from Monger International will be next in your collection.